And this morning, <laughs> we are setting, well, I'm, I call it setting, but set the pattern for expectation. Setting a pattern for expectation. Now, whenever we think about expecting, maybe you remember ladies being pregnant and you were expecting. <laughs> you know, what did that mean? <laughs> that meant that in a certain period of time, you would be delivering. <laughs> So the, the challenge is, in our life, what are we expecting? What are you expecting to happen? You know, um, you expect good things? Do you expect bad things? You know, I, I expect that it's going to rain, you know. I expect I got one foot on a banana peel and the other in the grave. You know, people have all their different sorts of expectations. Um, why we know individuals that no matter what happens, it's always the worst in the world. <coughs> you know, it just, it, you know, it's unbelievable the things that are going on in the world. And, you know, you go in and the sky is falling. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, it isn't falling. Go outside. No, it'll rain. I'm not going out there. You know, so people, people have expectations. And the challenge is that we would set a pattern for our expectations. Um, what else? How can I tell what kind of day it's going to be? I haven't experienced anything yet. <laughs> no. We set the expectation, <laughs> excuse me, <coughs> the expectation of the day before anything happens. You know, there was a study, I, I went somewhere along the line I heard in the last few weeks, that if you, even if you don't get enough sleep, but you wake up and you tell yourself you're refreshed, I had enough sleep, I'm good for the day, that you will have a better day than if you get up and tell yourself, oh, I'm tired, I didn't get enough sleep, it's never going to be, a, it's not going to work out. And they said it was like a huge percentage of the people had a better day because they told themselves they set an expectation for the day. Well, Isaiah 54, 2 tells us that we are to enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide, do not hold back, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. <laughs> so the word here is denoting for the children of Israel that their tents, the cloth, you know, the tent was to be expanded, the curtains were to be, to, to be lengthened, the cords were to be strengthened, and the stakes you drive in the ground to hold the tent in place they needed to be bigger. Why? Because God is saying he's going to do something in your life, and in this case, he's going to add to the children of Israel to um, increase their numbers. So enlarging the place of the tent represents the dwelling place. So prophetically, it means that our dwelling place. Now, it doesn't mean that we're going to get all this stuff and put it in a storage unit. <laughs> okay, that's, that's not what it's about. It means that we're going to enlarge our tent for the expectation of God's blessing and what God will do. The New Living Translation says it this way. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. The idea of do not hold back or do not spare things is do not be unwilling to spend money or use resources 
in the provision of the materials for greatly enlarging the tent you dwell in. So do not hold back from what you want to do in enlarging your capacity. Now, enlarging our capacity is, in, in many realms, many realms, um, you, you know, it's like you live in a small house and you, you, know, you have more stuff. We don't want to be hoarders. <laughs> I've been in those houses. You know, <laughs> you know, people, when I was worked at the hospital, you'd go to some houses and you literally, you, there was a path, just a path. Things were stacked up. Some, one, one guy, he had one spot at the table where he ate. And there was enough room for him to put his feet under there. And everything underneath the table, on top of the table, went clear to the ceiling. And then there was a path to the bedroom. <laughs> and it was just a path. And you couldn't see, you could see the bedroom, but it had stuff on both sides and on the bed. <laughs> he was a hoarder. Now, it wasn't, this is not talking about enlarge your tent so you can put more stuff in it. We are enlarging our expectation of what we believe God will do in our life. Do not hold back. Um, Solomon, in the Sunday school lesson this morning, we, we talked about Solomon, and we, we saw the dangers of conformity to, wor to the world around us that leads to backsliding. So whenever we're thinking about expectations, we want to see it and not expecting what the world is expecting. We are wanting it to see how that God, what God is expecting to do in our life. So we're not finished with the race yet, okay? The reason we're not finished with the race is we're still here. <laughs> so God has things for us. God has a place for us. He knows the thoughts and the intents of our heart. He knows what is uh, important and what we need to accomplish. The one statement in the lesson I like that nobody is totally useless. He can always set a bad example. <laughs> I thought that was funny. No one is, put that in the card, you know. Nobody's totally useless. You can still set a bad example. Uh, I don't think you'd be their friends. So, uh, for us, this for us, this stating the expectation is for us in our faith towards God. The divine blessing that God will bring into our lives. Do not be stingy with your expectations. Because what is God, what can God do through us to touch the lives of others? It isn't about me, it's about what God wants to do through us to touch the lives of others. It's not I-focused, it's God-focused and how that God is going to bless us to bless the world. And it's important that we see this. See, uh, a real challenge is to our expectation, <laughs> to an increase. Romans chapter 1, verse 20 says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. So if we step back, Paul is telling us, let's look at what God has made. You know, the things that we see do not come as things that just appear. God created. God spoke the world into existence. And so the challenge for us is to see how great our God is, 
how great is our God? We see how great our God is and all the wonderful things he has done, his creation, and then realize that that same God has us putting an expectation on our life. So what expectations do we believe that God can bring into us, that we can bring for God? So um, this portion of the text is speaking to those who are lost without Christ. Now, they have denied God's revelation through his son. Paul is leading them to look around to observe creation. Look what God has created. And then we start seeing the revelation that has come from God through his son. As Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So there's this challenge for us to see what Jesus Christ has accomplished, what he has taught, and how that, what God has spoken, speaks to our life in setting our expectations. Now, I don't know what our expectations are. I don't know what your expectations are. I expect to live until I die. <laughs> you know, you know, some people die and refuse to fall down. <laughs> They're just walking around with zombies, you know. I wonder where they got the, the, the idea for those zombies movies, you know. Uh, them dead people refusing to die, you know. So I, I think some people are like that. They're just walking around dead. The world is dead. The world's going to hell in the handbag, you know. I wish they had a handbag big enough to put the world in, but it doesn't work. But anyhow, we're, we, we look at these things and the, the expressions that people have. Look at this accident. Look at this. Look at these people, how bad they are. Look at what's going on. There's always been evil in the world. But God is the counterbalance to that. It's like evil is fighting against what God's spirit is trying to accomplish. Our focus is not on how bad the world is. Our focus is on how good God is. You know, when Jesus came, the Roman Empire was not um, a fictitious <laughs> um, assembly of people. <laughs> they were real soldiers who conquered and killed and, and put people in their place, crucified anybody who didn't agree with them. They were tyrants. And Jesus came to that world and changed the world from then on. And so we see in our life, we're, we all oh, look at the bad things in the world. Yeah, they're all there. They were there when Jesus came. <laughs> and his spirit overcame. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So what is your expectation? Is it the world is going to get better or that God is going to continue what he is working in our life until he returns? Now, <clears throat> Jesus, his return is pretty close. It could happen now. It could happen tomorrow. You know, the expectation of Jesus coming back is, is something that needs to be in our hearts and minds because he's coming. Ready or not, he's coming. So with the expectation that God is coming, then let us set the expectation of completing what God has called us to do in our life, in our lifetime, between now and when Jesus comes back. So we have a purpose. We have a calling. We have an understanding of the scriptures that speak to our hearts and our minds. Um, so who can, who can deny for what God has created? Only the people who don't believe in creation. <laughs> Though everything he has made, you can see his invisible qualities. We can see his power. We can see his presence, the working of his, his will in our lives. 
the creator who made all things that we see around us and, and constantly sustains it, if God would withdraw his hand from us, we'd be dead. <laughs> if God would withdraw his hand from the world, it'd be destroyed. If God didn't keep the universe in order and in place, it would fall apart. We think that it's gravity. We think that it's, you know, a solar system that just kind of fell into place over billions of years. It didn't fall into place. It was created and spoken into existence. That's the God who speaks to our heart through the scriptures. So those who are lost, the Bible says they are without excuse. God holds all men responsible for the refusal to accept his knowledge, to accept the knowledge of God and what he has shown them. We have people who are willing to worship the creation. They're, they're willing to believe that there's the, the energy fields, and there is energy fields in the earth, in the, the um, uh, what's the magnet, magnetic field in the earth. There's all these different fields, but they are part of the created order. There's gravity. People wow. You know, in the ancient world, they, they offered sacrifices at night so that the sun would come up in the, in the morning. You know, they, they killed people. Their sacrifices wasn't animals. They were people. You know, they would, they would conquer people, bring them in for, you know, to offer them as sacrifices to the gods so that the sun god would come up in the morning. Some people are like that. They, they, they call Christianity and Christ and the word something to be scorned or laughed at, but it's the truth upon which that which holds the world together, that holds our life together. Romans 1, 21 and 22. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools. Man is conscious of God's existence. Did you know that whenever we stand before God, and we don't have to worry about this, <laughs> whenever we stand before God, and we will be at the, um, the judgment seat of Christ, where all the righteous will be, but then there is the great white throne judgment, in which all the wicked will be resurrected and stand before God. Now, the, the, in, the understanding is that everyone will be judged according to what they have done. Not done. Well, we think that that's going to be a long line. No, it's going to be momentarily. Every person will know and have identification with God, and God will have identification with them, and he will tell them they will know every opportunity that the Holy Spirit spoke to them, tried to draw them to Christ, gave, you know, that, that understanding in their spirit that was bringing them to God and they rejected it. And how many times they turned their back on God? How many times they turned themselves away from God? They're going to know all of that. And God will say, I've never known you. They will be lost for eternity. But you see, God now is in the process, or in the, since, <laughs> since Adam and Eve in the garden, God has been in the process of bringing man to him. God is never in the process of kicking people out of the kingdom. God is in the process of bringing people to him so that we may understand him. So as we put together our expectation 
we, might, we, we need to see that God is a God of love, a God who has a plan and a purpose for our life. God has scriptures that speak to our life about overcoming, being victorious, more than a conqueror. We have, we have these scriptures that the Holy Spirit makes real to our life. And so that helps us set the expectation. I'm the Lord thy God that healeth thee. Sets the expectation. I'm the God, he, I, I prepare a place in the wilderness. So we're going through difficulties. God sets the path. So um, the futility of man is that they refuse to acknowledge God. <laughs> they, they refuse to say and to understand what God has presented. And I mentioned in Sunday school, with uh, all of the archaeological digs and how all the things that they're finding out about Israel and the children of Israel coming out of Egypt and, and, and entering into Jericho and all that, the um, secular archaeologists have all said, oh, that's all a myth. That never existed. But now they're digging up all of these <laughs> remnants. These, these One is just a scarab, just a little scarab. It was the, the, the number one archaeological find, I think, of 2022 or 2023, this little scarab. <laughs> and it spoke of a pharaoh in Egypt that, at the time period they have it in place, that was at the time period that Jericho was conquered by the children of Israel. And it put it in place, just this little scarab. And, we, you know, and it was the number one archaeological find for the year. And we find that there are people who still say, well, it's just a myth. Everything is pointing to the understanding of who God is, and everything that's in the book is found, being found in the land. <laughs> um, all of the places where Moses stood or Abraham stood and in all the, 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 the altars and places that they put in play, they're all there. They're finding them, and they're recognizing them. This is the place where this scripture took place. So Romans 12, verse 2 and verse says, do not, be conf do not conform to the patterns of this world. They, the world, professes to be wise, but they are foolish. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You see, God isn't telling us to blindly accept. He's telling us to believe and to try. To try the spirits. Try, I mean, pray about something. Pray about it and believe that God will speak to you or speak to you about it and that you will have an understanding in your heart and in your spirit. Pray about the expectations that, you, that God wants you to have. Because we're not making this up. We are allowing God to speak to our hearts through his word. And what God has spoken to us, we need to hold on to that until God directs us how to use it, <laughs> that he will direct us in how we are to live. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. <laughs> don't, don't copy them. The world, you know, it's all about me and my, you know, he who dies with the most toys wins. You know, it's that type of thing. So we set the pattern of our expectation. Do not let our environment, our surroundings, our friends, our workplace, our television, 
Um, do not allow those influencers to set the expectation of your life. Do not, <laughs> do not adapt to the world around you. <laughs> you know, years ago, um, I, I spoke at the Arcadia Theater uh, for graduation. It was baccalaureate for the students. And um, that year, I, I had a tree in a pot, <laughs> you know, in a, in a container. I bought it at Home Depot or Lowe's. And, and the whole thing was about the pot and the tree. And I'd say, okay, how big is this tree going to get? I used it here, too, uh, <laughs> if you remember. The, and, uh, and the idea is, how big is this tree going to get? Depends on the pot. It depends on the container. Now, if you go up to our house where we used to live, that tree is planted in the yard. It's probably about 40 feet high. <laughs> and, you know, the big around. But the understanding is that where you are, where you're potted, <laughs> you're, that's going to determine your growth. How you put things together in your heart and your mind, how you set them in place. You know, we, ha we have a container big enough to handle who I am right now. Well, bust it. <laughs> you don't want a container big enough for who you are right now. You want to you be planted in the earth. You want to be planted by the, the streams of living water where God is the one who nourishes. You know, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. So that the nourishment of the soil goes into the roots and up through the tree. So our nourishment comes from God. You know, there's a... Uh, so how big is your container? Be transplanted. <laughs> Get transplanted into the soil of God's word. Um, we find that God has a divine purpose. Your relationship with Jesus will make the difference. <laughs> you're not the same character. You're not the same person that you were before you knew Christ. And you're not the same person you were a year ago. Because you're growing, you're changing. And God is at work in us, developing us and leading us in our walk with him. Don't let... Uh, okay, but here's the key. Don't allow that small container that stifles life to become the container of your life. If it stifles who you are, get transplanted. <laughs> Don't let that become the normal. You know, I was thinking uh, other, other, you know, airplanes. You, you, you're 20,000 feet, 30,000, 40,000. You're flying up there. You're in that atmosphere, but you're not of it. You jump out of the plane at 40,000 feet, you're toast. <laughs> you're frozen. You're dead. You're not going to make it unless you've got special suits on and all that stuff. Why? Because you can't live in that atmosphere. You're in that atmosphere, but you're not of it. We are in this world, but we are not of it. You take a big aircraft carrier that has 100 planes and 5,000 people on it, and it's floating, and it go across the ocean. It's, it's big, it's huge. It weighs thousands of tons, and it's floating. <laughs> but you allow the sea to get in the aircraft carrier, it's in trouble. It becomes a submarine. <laughs> and in our life, we do not allow the world to direct our life. We allow Christ to direct us. So the environment <laughs> that you are in, 
Do not allow that environment to direct your life. We allow the presence of God, the word of God. Sometimes people will try to put us in a box. They are discouraging people. They try to make us like them. And I, I always remember when Rachel was in school, they told her, one of the teachers told her, you're not college material. You don't need to think about going to school. You're just not going to make it. You need to change your career. <laughs> I wish I could rub their nose in the dirt. Not with, with love. <laughs> because they were trying to put their limitations on her. But, you know, she was, you know, in college, she was the, the top student in her department. You know, whenever she, she um, student taught, they hired her before she graduated. You know, all, all, the, all through her career, people have saw, seen the idea of how, how good she is at what she does. But this person, when in the formative time, was saying, you're not good enough you know what, keep your opinions to yourself. <laughs> because whenever you can't build an expectation and build a person's life, you need to just encourage them to do the best they can with who they are and see where God is going to take them. I know that God has a place, <laughs> the desire in each of us to excel in who we are and, and what he has in store for us. It doesn't have limits. It has direction. And the expectation that we put in our heart is not the one that I don't think I can do this. The expectation is we do it until we can't do it anymore, and when we reach that point, God is going to direct us in a different way. He has a way and an expectation that he puts inside of us. I know that I can be a barrier breaker. <laughs> I can do things that people don't expect that I can do. God has established a standard by which I live. We had uh, Solomon in Sunday school. And yeah, he was here teaching this morning, Solomon was. <laughs> that was Noah was here a few weeks ago. But Solomon, uh, the, the, the Sunday school text, was about his life and you know his early life, middle life, end of life. And early life was his writings with uh, Song of Solomon, his love for his wife. And uh, that was reflective of God's love for Israel. Then there is Proverbs, in which he wrote 6,000 Proverbs, and uh, some of them are there. And then we have Ecclesiastes, the end of his life, it's all vain. <laughs> Without God, it's all in vain. But we find that God gives us the ability to face the difficulties and go through them. So God has established the standard by which I live. Solomon found out too late he couldn't, bring, he couldn't break all the things that God had put in place and still have the success that he had at, at the beginning. And so we find that by his grace, his divine favor is on our life. His divine favor, his grace is God's divine favor. His divine favor is on your life. He chooses you. You did not choose him. He chose you. Okay? God has chosen you. So in that place of being chosen, we set an expectation that God has set or given to us. And the expectation is when God chose us and has chosen us, he has a place 
and a purpose, a destiny, as it were, that we are to work towards and allow the Spirit and the Word in our life to conform to His image and go in the direction He has for us, knowing that we are chosen by God, He has given His grace, His divine favor to be upon our life, He has given us His Word, and He is that His Word, that Thy Word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against Thee. That as we read the Proverbs, we find that there are difficulties we face, and the Proverbs gives us answers. <laughs> you know, um, the Holy Spirit is there to direct, to empower, to tutor us. He is the divine tutor. I am an overcomer. <laughs> I'm on a journey that will end only in heaven. So they find out that I am more than a conqueror in Christ. Death cannot hold me. It has no part in my life. Because Jesus is risen from the dead. Because he lives, I shall live also. He is victorious in every aspect of life. He is my victorious Savior, my Redeemer. So set the pattern for expectation. Set the pattern for what you are going to expect. How God is going to impart and implant in your life expectations that we're going to work towards. We don't wake up tomorrow and it's all there. <laughs> I told somebody um, that when the billion dollars, I don't know if I said this in church, the billion dollars in the lottery, God gave me the numbers for that. But those stupid people didn't draw them. <laughs> That's a joke. But the idea is God has set an expectation and God has given us the ability to take our next step. And in taking the next step, the more we are aware of it, the more we are encouraged that we get to the point where God is leading us. He's leading us every step of the way. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Don't allow yourself to go with the Spirit and, and the leading of the Lord. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. You know, build your tent. <laughs> Recognize God is expanding who you are. Do not conform, Romans 12, 2. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. The renewing, God's thoughts. God, let your thoughts be my thoughts. Your ways, my ways. Your strength, my strength. For we're here for a purpose. And God has a plan for our lives. So set the expectation. God is going to guide me, empower me, and lead me in the path of righteousness, the rightness of the way that God has for my life. And he's going to do it for his sake. His sake, his glory, his honor. Because that's what we're here to do, serve him. Amen? Set the expectation, set the desire in our heart to receive the expectation of what God is going to do in our life. Enlarge your tent. Make it big. You know? <laughs> we don't have to we don't have to make it small so that, you know, a little faith, a little stuff gets filled up real quick. Big. Big tent. Amen. Father, we thank you for the blessings that you give to us. God, help us to understand the expectation you have of us. And God, that expectation comes with provision. It comes with direction. 
It comes with promise. It comes with encouragement. It comes with the assurance that you will never leave us nor forsake us. It comes with the knowledge that all things are possible to those who believe. God, set your expectation. Lead us and guide us by the truth of your word and by the tutoring of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Welcome home. <laughs> it's good to be here. <laughs>